0: Welcome to The Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic today, the materials management station or transfer station for Butler Drive. Our guest is assistant city manager Darren Gore, and he's an engineer who's been spearheading this project for Several years now. How many years? Four and a half years?
1: Well, I've been working in solid waste for four and a half years. The Waste Away project has probably been a year and a half.
0: And we'll discuss what Waste Away is, but I wanted to start with the whole idea of this materials management station um, and the alternative to the landfill. Where are you at in the process?
1: Right. So I don't wanna go back too far in history here, but we did do a triple bottom line analysis that tried to identify all the alternatives available to the city after Middle Point closed. Um, Two of the viable options that, that, well, the, the options that the council scored the highest was to just build a transfer station, which would transfer our garbage to another landfill or go into a more innovative project with uh, a waste away where we would transform the trash into a renewable, uh, beneficially reusable project. Where the city is looking at funding using uh, what we call our general fund dollars or our tax-based dollars, is just the material management station or transfer station portion of the project. Um, That is kind of the fallback position at this point. If anything, doesn't work out with the, re, the, the recycling project or the wasteway project, we still need a, a transfer station. Uh, that's uh, because when Middle Point closes, we're going to have to start transferring our garbage
0: somewhere else. So the land's already been identified. It's already been approved for zoning. Uh, Correct. And a- annexation as well. Um, you're doing some uh, testing of the ground, geo testing, and right. also... Uh, design work is underway.
1: December 1st of last year we did get a uh, in essence a design agreement it was a two and a half million dollar fee and it was split pretty much I think 50-50 between Griggs and Maloney who is kind of a local engineer who is doing the uh, geotechnical testing which basically entails drilling down into the ground and determining if we have solid bedrock or if we've got voids uh, on the site, and, and it it's very essential to, to do your geotechnical testing to figure out how to design your foundation and the slab uh, of the of the facility. We're looking at about a fifty thousand square foot facility, so it's it's rather large, just over an acre. Um, and then the other half of the of the of the design fee is really going towards our partner Waste Away, where they are the ones that are doing really the the manufacturing uh, design, which is a process using. Uh, multiple, uh, really, equipment that you would see in a materials recovery facility, Uh, shredders, uh, air knives, uh, magnets, everything that kind of tries to pull valuable recyclables out of the trash, but then also convert the remaining trash into this uh, biomass fuel. So you may have answered
0: part of my next question. What is a material management station.
1: Well, material management, so so material management station, I'm using that term. This project really is made up of four, we'll call, distinct components. And I, I like the term material management station better than transfer station because we really are managing uh, material that we believed there's multiple ways to manage it. We can feed it to a waste away process or a manufacturing process, or we can transfer it to a truck and haul it to another uh uh, landfill. But the material management portion this is about a 20,000 square foot tipping floor where our trucks come in and dump the garbage on a concrete floor. It's enclosed. It's inside a building. And then there is a uh, equipment, uh, 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 handling equipment that that move this garbage around. And the plan right now is to move it into a conveyor system that takes it to, we'll call it, the, the second part of the process, which is the uh, I'm calling it the SE3 manufacturing. SE3 is kind of the trademarked term for the biomass fuel that waste away manufacturers. So this trash goes in and that's where you get into the shredders, into the air knives, into the magnets. You're taking out the useless material, which is we'll call it the glass and inorganics. You're taking out the the good material like metals, ferrous metal or aluminum, and then you're taking the rest of the product and you're creating uh, really what SE3 is. It's a coal or wood equivalent. You can burn it like you would coal or you can burn it like you would wood. Um, that's the second component of, of the project. Don't want to get too far ahead. I could go into what's three and four right now if you want me to, or we can talk about Well, maybe what we things. should
0: talk about is that waste away the company that innovative or created this process, was actually doing the process in Warren County for yes, some time. that's right. Right.
1: So they were a project that was facilitated by the Corps of Engineers. Uh, the Corps of Engineer went. they went through, they built the plant in Morrison and went through a, a significant mm-hmm. level of testing and trying to kind of run this process through the ringer, if you will, to determine... You know, does it have some weaknesses where, you know, what can we put in here that that the product that wouldn't uh, contaminate the final end product and those kind of things. It won a lot of research and development awards from the Army uh, and actually was recommended for deployment by the Corps of Engineers in 2008. The, the obvious question people ask me then is, well, why hasn't, why is it 2023 and one of these haven't been, the only one that's been built is still in Morrison County, or uh, in Morrison. The answer to that is, it just wasn't competitive. It was not competitive with coal or wood as a drop-in fuel. It wasn't competitive with uh, mulch, which that's when initially a lot of this material was basically used as a soil amendment to replace mulch. So in other words, it was kind of an economic
0: environmental issue that has changed since that time.
1: Absolutely, that's exactly what's happened in 2019. Waste Away received a uh, comfort letter that's called a comfort letter from the Environmental Protection Agency, the US EPA, that designated this material as non-hazardous secondary material, and it would be considered a coal or wood drop-in. It would not have to to, uh, uh, go through all of the federal air uh, pollution mitigation requirements. If you had a boiler that used wood or if you had a cement kiln that uses pet coke as a fuel... This material could go straight into it without having to go through uh, all the air quality uh, 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 regulations that that the that the US EPA would didn't have to go through the air the the Clean Air Act requirements. So why
0: did the city decide that the location that you've selected over off Butler is is the right location?
1: Well, I, even before we entered into Waste Away, I was looking at at this particular interchange off of i-24 for just a transfer station when we thought that their initial our initial uh, solution was just going to be to transfer the garbage to another landfill and and quite honestly we picked this site uh, or, or a site because because the Joe B. Jackson interchange uh, still had some some available property uh, quite honestly and some some tracks that were large enough to, to not only, handle a transfer station, but even a future, say a public works facility, uh, like we have up off of Florence Road. So I had always been looking for this type site close to an interchange to to keep trucks off of our local roads, and primarily get trucks in and off the interchange, or the interstate, and back onto the interstate without uh, being detrimental to our local traffic.
0: And when it comes to waste away, Uh, what is the the current status of that agreement with that company and and what else has to be achieved I guess before that becomes reality?
1: We are um, in the middle of design. Our hope is is that by you know somewhere in mid to late summer that uh, Griggs and Maloney would have the shell or the building uh, foundation and the building package let's say it's going to probably be a pre-engineered metal building And our site elements, our ingress, egress, uh, how uh, kind of the internal flow of traffic would occur in the site, that that was kind of a conventional civil engineering project, that we would have that bid out by mid to late summer. Um, And then following that would be um, getting all the procurement of the waste away material and our process equipment in place hopefully by the fall.
0: So construction might begin late this year, yeah. early next year. I'm
1: thinking, I'm, I, I would love to see us breaking ground by uh, yeah, mid to late summer. So say August, August, September.
0: Some concerns have been raised and we should probably allow you to address those about odor and about traffic. Those are the biggest complaints I think that, that people raised at a public hearing.
1: Right, so the traffic again, going back to the fact that we're at an interchange and using, trying to primarily use the interstate. We're, we're estimating somewhere between 50 to 70 truck, trucks per day. That's compared to between, say, four and 500 at Middle Point. So, uh, this facility is only gonna be able to handle about 140,000 tons a year. That's 400 tons a day. Uh, a fully loaded uh, semi trailer can only handle 20 tons. So, if you, you know, say ideally, if we were able to get 20 tons max loaded, to a 400-ton facility per day, that's only 20 trucks. So I'm kind of hedging. We're going to have trucks. There's going to be other our trucks coming in that are tipping trash in and so forth. So I'm saying between 50 and 70. Um, with regards to smell, uh, you really just have to go over to the Morrison facility and, and do a, a site visit. Um, you can garbage smells. I mean, there's, you know, and, and as, as you're transporting garbage, uh, I don't think our trucks smell that bad. Some people have told me I'm wrong there, so that's okay, but it's a very temporary fleeting smell when you have a truck that's passing by. This facility is going to be enclosed. Um, all the trash will be dumped in the concrete floor, and and one thing that I've told people in throughout my career, I've worked in the water in the sewer field, and, and water's not so, so much of an odor issue but obviously sewer can be a very uh, have a very strong odor when you have something inside a contained structure uh, in this case a fifty thousand square foot facility there are multiple ways to, to to mitigate and control odor if it becomes that the first one is we're not going to plan on letting the garbage sit for very long on the tipping floor as soon as it hits the floor we're trying to get this into a approximately 30 minute process that creates an odorless Uh, The SC3 is an odorless uh, biomass fuel. The second thing is, is you've got, you can put negative pressure on a building, you can use biofilters, you can use odor control media to scrub gas out of the air. The city's gonna have a very high degree of control in that regard because we wanna be a good neighbor and we're not gonna let a chronic odor issue exist out off of Butler Drive. There's always a chance for an occasional intermittent one off odor issue, but I guarantee you, um, if there's a, there will not be any type of, of continuous chronic odor issue out there. We'll have, we'll have measures in place to deal with that.
0: Back to the waste away question that we, we started earlier and we wanted to come back to. So the biogas process that would be a part of this, Mm -hmm. um, is through what's called anaerobic digestion. Can you kind of in, in terms that we all understand, (laughs) explain that for us?
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's really what happens at a landfill right now. When you bury trash, there's still, there's organic material that breaks down and, and really it's, it's microbiological. They, they start eating what the soluble organic material. And then they, as they eat that, they have to they grow and they proliferate and they they off-gas. They create gases that that in an anaerobic digester it's much more controlled. Again, you're inside of an engineered structure and so you take that gas and you extract it and then you take it through a purification process. So we're really just trying to capture the methane. And so biogas out of an anaerobic digester may be only 60% methane. Well, we need to get it to a 99.5% purity level so you scrub out the other gases and you try to just refine and purify it to that to that high level of methane and that's that's natural gas that's what you can you can fuel vehicles off of it you can push it into another gas pipeline it's what we all use for our you know our gas stoves and and our water heaters in certain cases that's what we that's what we use.
0: So when this process is completed, then it will be compressed into some kind of cylinders. I w- I would assume, or some some packaging process, right. or a truck, and, and then it will have to be transported. Correct.
1: They call it a virtual pipeline, which is really what we'd all we would all call it, a, compressing it into a truck and hauling it across <laughs> using the truck. The truck is basically your virtual pipeline.
0: So from the process of how you envision it from the city standpoint, this garbage will come to. The facility and it will be in bags or however it is, it will be just plain garbage being dumped, and then it goes into the what, what's been termed the fluff or the SE3 manufacturing manufacturing process mm-hmm. distinguish for us the difference between the fluff that's created that could be put into a, a cement kiln mm-hmm. and the process that goes into creating biogas.
1: Yeah, so so you create the SE three, which is the biomass fuel, and it you don't ha, you don't have to you to put that into an anaerobic reactor to to generate um, gas. You can use you the could, garbage. You could to use, do that. You, well the, no no the garbage the garbage has to be converted. So the garbage comes in off of our side loader vehicles and other uh, say roll off containers that the county may we may you know the county may be using this facility as well for their convenience centers. Um, that garbage will go through the manufacturing process. Okay. It will be, it will have to be made into SE3 fuel. Now, when you create that biomass fuel, there's, there, again, two options. One is if you've got somebody that's willing to uh, purchase that uh, on a per ton basis and burn it off-site, uh, a cement kiln uses coal and pet coke, right, you know, to, to, to burn, to, to create a, a, a very hot... Uh, uh, Furnace type environment to to generate what's called clinker. Clinker is a precursor to Portland cement. They could actually use the SC three directly into their furnace and their their cement kiln to burn it to keep that that temperature up to to manufacture clinker. The unique thing, the, the well, the kind of the cool thing is, is that for every ton of say the SC three that they use that offsets that coal, they actually get a one point seven ton a greenhouse gas emission credit. Are so would port- you say
0: they're excited to get their hands yeah, on Yeah, they're
1: this? excited because they do, I've I, I researched a little bit in the, of the Portland cement uh, industry. They have a, a roadmap uh, to carbon neutrality by 2050. So uh, cement kilns are one of the highest methane gas producers around. And so they're under some pressure to, to uh, reduce their carbon footprint. And so this is, a, this is a way for them to get some pretty good carbon credits, some greenhouse gas avoidance, and by using this material uh, to fuel to their manufacturing process and manufacturing clinker versus using conventional coal. Or pet Coke. So they're excited about it from two one, they probably it's probably cheaper. <laughs> we maybe sell it to them cheaper than coal. And two, they get a pretty good, good carbon credit for it.
0: What are, what are the expectations for the amount of garbage, first of all, that Murfreesboro produces and then how much you'll need in order to make this sustainable?
1: The waste away project, uh, this facility, manufacturing facility, will be able to handle hundred and forty thousand tons of Per year. That, that, I've said it earlier, about 400 tons per day. Um, the city, primarily the residential, what the city picks up curbside with our, with our solid waste fleet, we, we pick up close to 50,000 tons a year, just shy of 50,000 tons. We'll just round it up to 50. Um, so we're taking just over a third, say, capacity of the plant just by what we generate. Then let's go big picture. What does Rutherford County generate in in total? The whole county, and this is Murfreesboro, County Convenience Centers, um, Smyrna, Laverne, all the private haulers, all your retail, industry, food service establishments, they generate, say somewhere in the, the whole county generates say 350,000 tons. Which is a large number. That's a large number. And we're not, so we're not gonna be able to take Every bit of garbage that Rutherford County generates, we're only going to be take, we're taking just under you know half or less than half. So the viability of the project it works if it's just Murfreesboro's trash at fifty thousand tons a year, and we're just using a third of the capacity of the plant. The more capacity you use of the plant, up to its ultimate capacity of one hundred forty thousand tons per year, you just start to um, the SE three is 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 cheaper. We we make it we manufacture it at a lesser cost because we're maximizing the capacity of the plant,
0: which makes it even more attractive. Which to makes some it people. even
1: more attractive. So that means that it generates more gas, it generates more digestate, and if people are buying these, it, it, so it, it it the revenue side starts to really take off as we as we optimize the plant production, and um, which just means it's the lower it lowers the cost to the Murfreesboro residents.
0: What are the safety concerns? Are there safety concerns regarding creating this uh, gas?
1: Yeah, that that was one of the questions that the, the council had that they needed answered between approval of first reading and second reading on the rezoning of our property off of Butler Drive. Um, so I did a pretty, I mean, you know, a pretty, well, I'd say in-depth. I, I went to, you know, Google and kind of did a, a Internet uh, research on any uh, – Accidents or or explosions or tanks bursting or really just any kind of uh, uh, incidents uh, dealing with anaerobic digestion um, and I really only I think from 1997 through 2020 uh, 2000, so about a 23 year per, uh, period I found there was 14 incidents um, and, and most so that, of
0: these are in Europe right yeah, because yeah. that's where a lot of this is done
1: right I think. Um, there are there are several. There's a there's a you know I can't think of the acronym offhand, but it's kind of like Biogas Association of America or something to that effect that that they publish. There's there's they, they estimate there's over ten thousand anaerobic digesters in Europe, and somewhere I think in the in the maybe the twenty one hundred to twenty five hundred uh, anaerobic reactors in in the U
0: S. So it's been going on for a while. Oh
1: yeah, uh, anaerobic digestion has been going on for for decades Um, and I know there's gonna there's a real well I think California is about to mandate that all of uh, its residents food waste and of course the food service establishments food waste uh, is gonna have to be segregated and actually uh, put into anaerobic digesters they are gonna try to generate gas with the food waste as well but they're gonna actually have to physically separate it they're not gonna allow any more food waste into landfills
0: is it accurate to say that if there is a safety concern at all, most of it is contained to the site itself? In other words, if there were it, any yes. concerns, it would be to the workers, not right. so much to the neighborhood.
1: That, that's correct. most of the Most of the accidents that that occurred that I researched were were really, I, you hate to say negligent, but it was, it it was, uh, worker just maybe not following did not, not following yeah. safety protocols, and it did it stayed confined the the. The folks that were injured were. It was confined to the uh, to the proximity of the of the digester. There wasn't there wasn't any collateral damage offsite. Like any
0: process that has something to do with heavy in- industry or uh, some kind of environmental issue, there is a state agency that that looks into this and regulates this. And it's your understanding that TDEC would probably have to provide well, t- a permit. Yeah.
1: T- well, TDEC is going to have to provide the per- the operating permit. Uh, for us to build this facility. There are lots of biogas and anaerobic digestion safety standard manuals. There's uh, the report I did, I think I cited two or three of those. And so as in all things industrial and all things manufacturing, safety is is really the, the predominant concern. And so as we become more sophisticated from technology standpoint and from just, uh, you know, understanding the, 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 the manufacturing processes we deal with every day, safety is paramount. And so there's a lot of guidance on how to make these, these areas or these, these type of facilities safe.
0: Regardless of whether the city is able to move forward with Waste Away and this process, And it's looking like the city is moving forward with that. But of course, you've got things, there's a lot of challenges still, and and there's there's some
1: linchpins that still have to be set.
0: Either way, the idea of having a transfer station or what we call a management, uh, materials management station, must be done because if you're going to transfer the waste outside of the county Mm -hmm. to another landfill, which the nearest one is down in southern Tennessee, right?
1: Yeah, well, there's there's really, there's, there's, uh, the one in Lewisburg, and then there's the one in Camden, Tennessee. So, um,
0: but that's where you're going to have to go. So you have to have, so to have, to have a, a, a transfer station yes. in order. You, yes. you can't just take the trucks no. that pick up right. the garbage and drive down there. Right.
1: right? You, yeah. You've got to. You've got to to take your curbside collecting trucks. The, we call them our our side loaders that pick up the 96 gallon carts. Those have to go empty themselves so they can get back to picking up containers on the curbside, and then you load a semi truck. And that semi truck is 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 uh, mm-hmm. goes towards the the nearest regional landfill that'll that'll take our garbage. And
0: that's what needs to be understood for from us in the public is that it that process has to happen regardless. Right, that garbage is not going to disappear. That's correct. One important question I think that some people have asked about is: well, Will will there be recycling at the curb site? And I guess there's not a need for that.
1: No. This this the the first part of the of the waste away process you almost need to look at that as a material recovery facility. So it actually takes uh, the, the beneficially reusable metals, and in some cases, if we ever want to get pl- into plastic uh, recycling, or uh, uh, that, that, that process extracts that from your garbage. So you don't, as well, again, one of the more, more enticing things about this process is that the biogas digest, I mean, the, the, the food waste doesn't have to be segregated because the bugs eat it in the digester. The metals don't have to be separated by the customer because the process can do that itself. Uh, the glass and the aggregate, the inorganic stuff gets segregated and it still has to get disposed of. But but the process kind of it, it eliminates the need for the customer to separate different materials. It takes care of that
0: and that's part of the beauty of it even from the customer standpoint and understandably for a private company to be able to do that and to make some profit out of right. it you know you have to make it work i guess right for both sides Correct. for both the right. public and the private industry
1: that's right and i mean it, again it has to it has to be economically viable for someone to come in and and and, and finance it and that's one of the other questions i get a lot is well, the city's taking a big risk in financing this project. Well, no, we're not, not really. We're, we're financing the component that I talked about earlier, the material management station, that section of the project. So if this is a $65 million project and, say, the, the MMS or the 20,000-square-foot structure to, to do the material management is, is $15 million of the project, the other $50 million is basically we're looking at issuing revenue bonds uh, that would have to be privately, you know, bought. I mean, private investors would have to buy those revenue bonds and they really would not be backed or, or the city's general fund or tax base would not be uh, a backstop to those revenue fund, revenue funds, revenue bonds. Those revenue bonds would have to base the, the revenue from the project, i.e., the the renewable natural gas that's generated or the biomass fuel that is the digestate that is used uh, uh, by a cement kiln and plus the revenues of what we pay. We are going to have to pay a tipping fee. Uh, our, our t- we're hoping to keep our tipping fee, you know, and maybe in the low 40s. I mentioned earlier the market rates in the mid 70s, so if, we, if we, we will have to pay to have our garbage processed as a city, but we would be a customer to this facility. So you've got those three different revenue streams. Those revenues will pay back the revenue bonds uh, and the bondholders. So we're trying to take as, take the city's risk as far as investing in this technology. We're trying to take it off the city and put it back into the private invest investors.
0: If everything goes well, when do you think we'll see a material management station in operation?
1: Well, in we're we're, we're hoping we're hoping somewhere in between, by, by the first say the first quarter. Well, of 2025. So, so January, you know, maybe, maybe January, February, March of 2025, somewhere in that range, we hope to have it up and running.
0: Well, Darren Gore, the uh, assistant city manager, thanks for joining us. No, for, thank you for, for this having, topic.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We've been uh, discussing and highlighting plans for an alternative to Middle Point Landfill through a materials management station or transfer station and a contract with WasteAway for renewable fuels from trash. For more information on the city of Murfreesboro, visit MurfreesboroTN.gov. Insider is the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning, and thanks again for joining us.